Welcome to the Middle Class to Millionaires podcast, a no-nonsense show designed to help you punch fear in the face and create the life you've always dreamed of. Now, here are your hosts, Vince and Christian. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Middle Class to Millionaires. My name is Vince. And I am Christian. And we're two business partners who can't communicate well via text. (laughs) Funny guy. (laughs) All right. So what are we talking about today, Christian? Today, we're going to be talking to you guys about flipping houses. Sweet. Well, uh, just to give you all a little background on why we may feel like we can talk about this. Uh, So I've been in real estate, as some of you know, uh, for about three and a half, almost four years. Christian's been in real estate for how long? I started flipping houses in 2019. Okay, so almost two two full years. And in that time frame, um, I've done... 19 remodels, 15 of those have been flips, and Christian has done eight remodels and six of those flips, and together we've done one, two, three, four together? Uh, I think so. I think something like that, yeah. If you don't count the one in Calmont that we didn't really do anything to that we're just selling, but it's technically a flip. We'll go with it. We'll go with it. So anyway, so in this episode, we just wanted to answer some common questions about flipping houses. Um, We both get questions every now and then about, you know, how do I flip houses? And so that's what we're here for. So the first question is, how do I start my first flip? That's a that's a good question. Uh, this is probably the most general uh, question that's asked. It's a big question because there's so much to it. Yeah. But I think the first step is finding a deal. That's going to be your first step. Yeah. And finding a deal looks like uh, a lot of things. Uh, one of them is a lot of people immediately think when they're looking for a house to flip, they just go on MLS, which MLS is basically just the equivalent of Zillow or Trulia or Redfin. Redfin. I, like, I like Redfin. Redfin. Hey, I think they're decent. If you don't have access to comps, I think they give pretty good comps, which we'll get into. But you can also, there's so many ways. You can also do direct marketing or direct mail marketing or other versions of marketing, which we won't really get into because that's kind of intricate, but you can also work with wholesalers. Um, we bought a couple deals from wholesalers. Uh, wholesaling is simply, let's just say Christian is selling his house. I go under contract with Christian to buy his house, but I actually sell the right to purchase his house to another investor. So I'm basically just flipping a piece of paper. So I'm like a middleman, like Which Costco. Is, and the, that paper is the, the trek. Right. Yes. Trek stands for Texas Real Estate Commission. So it's just a 10 page contract. And so I'm giving another investor the right to purchase that house. And I make a fee based on that. So that's what a wholesaler is. We could go into uh, maybe this is a, a side thing, but be very careful about wholesalers who you're working with. Some of them are shady, some of them are really good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, some of them, like you said, uh, bring some, some good deals. And some of the deals are, 85, 90% deals, which is like a super slim spread. No, no space there for uh, anything that comes up in uh, your budget, you know, an uh-oh or whatever, but. Um, yeah, and they're uh-ohs. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and they're, they're also, they could be daisy chained. Uh, that's always a big issue, which means one, one wholesaler got another wholesaler's contract on contract. And now that contract is on contract. It's just a big mess. And I can speak to that. I've lost $7,500 personally because of that. So here's a quick lesson. We're going to go off a little bit. 
But when I first got into real estate investing, there's a certain wholesale company who, and this is a perfect story for this, a wholesale company who had a very bad reputation here in DFW. We won't say their name. We will not. I almost said their <laughs> initials. <laughs> Wait, oh, I won't put them on blast, I guess, because I could, I could get in trouble. Uh, anyway, hit me up and I'll tell you who they are. They, um, they're just known for being shady and sending out deals that are not deals. And I had a friend of mine who sent me a deal, just the details of it, didn't send me the actual email. He was like, hey, here's this deal. We should check it out. Let's, let's partner on it. So I was like, great. And so I, he ended up sending me the email and it was from a different investor. So I was like, okay, cool. It's not the company that I didn't want to work with. So let me back up a little bit. When a wholesaler um, sells you the contract per se, they're doing what's called either an assignment of contract, which means they just assign you the right to purchase that, or they'll do what's called a double close, which is where they close on it and in the same day they sell it to you. So this wholesaler was going to assign me the contract and my rookie mistake was not seeing the contract before I signed the assignment. And in our conversation with this investor, I told him specifically that I didn't want to work with so-and-so company. I said, are you with that company? He said, no, I'm not. And that's all he said. So I signed the assignment and I send the $7,500 wire, which is his fee. And then I get the contract and realize it's been daisy chained by two other companies, one of which was the one that I did not want to work with. So immediately that caused some red flags and I kept looking at the deal even further after that red flag. And I ended up backing out and lost $7,500. So be careful who you work with. Yep. And that's if that's your only $7,500 that you have to uh, invest in, you know, it might it might make you feel like you don't want to do it ever again. Yeah. Um, But so make sure I would say just some general financial advice that um, you have a nice cushion, a reserve in your bank account before you go off spending all your money. Um, Unless, of course, you feel like you're Elon Musk or something or one of those guys. (laughs) But no, seriously, definitely make sure you're doing your due diligence. Yeah. And another part of this is just, um, which some of these questions are going to flow together. So just forgive us for that. But, you know, when you're, I would caution you when you're looking at these deals uh, and we'll get into another question about partnerships, but partner with someone who, who knows how to run comps as an investor and a comp is a comparable, meaning you're trying to determine what the value of the home is or partner with another investor who can look at a deal for you to make sure it's actually a deal. And Christian mentioned earlier um, when he said 85 or 90%, what he means by that is, so when we look at a deal, we determine what the ARV is, which is the after repair value, meaning what do we think the house can sell for once we fix it up? We then, to backtrack on what we should purchase it for, we subtract about 20 to 25% of that ARV, and then we subtract repairs, and that's where we should purchase the house from. So some of these companies don't leave hardly any room for mistakes or profit, really. Yeah. <laughs> so you just got to be really careful when you're working with some of these wholesalers. Yeah. So when we're looking at deals, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at 75% of the value minus the rehab, and that's going to be the purchase price for us. Um, you know, and sometimes we might consider 80% if it's a cosmetic only. We know that it's it's super clean. Yeah, or a great neighborhood. Yeah, we'll, we'll do up to 80%. But as those deals get higher and higher, there's literally no room for any error or yeah. profit. So, yeah. yeah, and if your only strategy is flipping, <clears throat> you, can't, yes. you can't go into that like that. And 
Again, these are going to flow, but there's another question that's going to come up about exit strategies. That's important. Yeah. So I guess we'll get to that in a second. Uh, next question. Do I need to have a lot of money to start investing in real estate? The answer is no. Um, I will caution you that you need to have, make sure you have a, a good amount of knowledge um, going into this. Uh, read a book. There's a book by Barry Pockets and Brandon Turner called The Book on Investing in Real Estate with No and Low Money Down. My favorite book. One of my favorite books for investing in real estate. Yeah, it's definitely a solid book. And the reason I say you need to have knowledge because if you go and you go and, and you buy a deal and you have no idea what you're doing, you're not only gonna lose you're not gonna lose only lose your profit, you're gonna lose your investor's profit, you're gonna tarnish that relationship with that investor. And you might find yourself in court. So yeah, uh, or or so I feel like I have many stories for these questions. So you, you can always rectify the yeah. situation. Y'all um, learn from me. Yeah, I I had a a deal three technically almost three almost three deals go south when I first started because of a contractor who was screwing me out of a lot of money. Um, one of my partners, uh, we loaned we borrowed thirteen thousand from them on two different flips. And when things were going south, I still made it a point to pay these people back before I took any profit. So I think your integrity is way more important than trying to save your butt. Because to this day, this was, what is this, 2020? <laughs> so yes. it was like March of 2020. It's not, it's October. Uh, pandemic joke. Um, this was 2017, and I'm still friends with this couple because I paid them back. We just had dinner at their house uh, a couple months ago. And our friendship is intact. My integrity is intact because I paid them back, even though some deals are going south. But this is this is probably my favorite question because, and I get this question so much. People ask, um, I don't have a lot of money to get in real estate. I don't have, you know, I only have this much or whatever. But I, I mean, so I've done what, 15, 20, eight, 18, technically 18 deals on my own. I have only used my own money I think when I've refinanced properties, I don't think I've ever used my own money when I've purchased a property. So <laughs> this is what I love about this book. There's two books that, that changed my life as far as business and real estate goes. The first was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which we talk about on literally every episode. But then this book right here that Christian just talked about helped me see that I didn't need any money to get started in real estate. My first deal, I didn't use any of my own money. My second deal, I didn't use any of my own money. Use a private investor on that one. Third deal, I used a partner on that deal. We split 50-50. He brought the money and helped get the hard money loan, which we'll talk about. But you don't need money. This is where, again, we talked about partnerships, and we're going to talk about it again because this is huge. Partnerships come into play big time. Um, you can also do what's called a hard money loan. A hard money loan is essentially a very short-term loan, typically six months to 12 months, from a company that usually has a lot of investors who um, they pull from, they pull money from to do the hard money loan. That's a short term, high interest, and it also comes with two to three points. Points are uh, simply defined as just 1% of the total loan cost that they charge you to use that money. So hard money, hard money loans can be expensive, but if you buy a deal right, then it should all even out. And you want to factor that in any way when you're looking at a deal. And uh, the thing about hard money too is it's it's a great way to get started because, um, you know, the first uh, couple deals that I had, 
uh, I try to go to a bank where I could get some some baller interest, and uh, they said no because I had no track record. So I used um, hard money on the first two deals, and after that, I brought a track record to the bank, and they said, "Okay, let we'll lend you on this on this next deal." And ever since then, they've they've lent. So something yep. to consider. They're they're pretty awesome, I think. Yeah, this is a bank that we both <clears throat> bank at um, in Frisco. And they have been a phenomenal resource for us to continue doing what we do. And, and then our, our business partner in California now banks with them and uses them. And they are just, they're, they're basically half the cost of a hard money loan. So, yeah. I mean, they're the difference between an extra three to sometimes $5,000 of profit, which when you get some of these skinny deals, that can make or break you. Mm-hmm. Like Christian said, Get into it with hard money loans because unless you've got some friends with some really, really deep pockets, hard money loans are easy to get as long as you have credit over like 660 and you... And the deal's good. They look yeah, at the deal. the deal. Yeah, some of them loan strictly on the deal. Yeah. Right now, I know with with uh, COVID and everything, they had um, had some more strict policies and procedures put in place. Like they, they will ask that you have six months of reserve. Um, if you haven't done deals with them before... Uh, they're going to require a little bit more, um, but be, but before you know, COVID, it, it was pretty loose. It was credit and the deal, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I mean it's super easy. Even with the reserves, if you think, well, I don't have six months of reserves. Well, neither did I when I started doing all these things. Again, it comes back to a partnership and partnering with someone who wants to be what's called your private investor. That's how I've done. Outside of the deals that we've done with our business partner in California, all the ones that I've done on my own and that Christian has done on his own have been through a private investor. So this is someone who brings money to the table that the bank or the hard money lender requires, which is you know the, typically the 10% down or the reserves, all that extra money that you may not have, your private investor has. So most of the deals that I've uh, borrowed money on have been anywhere from thirteen dollars to $25,000 and that investor gets a certain percentage that we agree to back on the deal. So partnerships, and we talked about it like this whole time, uh, and we're about to lead into it. Next question. Do I need a partner to invest in real estate? Um, I'll tell you, uh, getting a partner to invest in real estate is a great way to start out. Um, and then, so let's just say you, you, do a, you partner with someone that's done it before on your first deal, you kind of get a, get a gist of it, you really learn, on your own for a bit there, but then you're going to reach, you're going to, you're going to come to a point where you can only do so much on your own and you're going to want to scale this thing. Let's just say you want to be a real estate mogul or something like that. You want to have an empire, I don't know, whatever you want to do. You know, that, that's going to take a team. It's going to take partners. It's going to take not just you. So at some point you're going to go ahead and, and, and uh, go back into having uh, partners and, and building a team. Um, because that's important with scaling up. Yeah. I mean, um, so in the book that Christian talked about, uh, again, the book on investing in real estate with no and low money down, Brandon Turner says, real estate investing is a relationship business, and without others, you will never succeed. I don't think that could be any more true. I mean, when you first got started, you brought, I think you brought me a deal or I brought you a deal because you were looking for House of Flip, that one in Arlington. Yeah, you brought the deal. Um we were originally going to use your private investor, backed out like a week before closing. Yeah. Um, and then so we were like kind of almost, um, and here's another thing about real estate that you, you kind of have to ha- have to possess as far as your personality goes, is being able to think on your feet. You know, 
adapt to change. Things come up like this, and you have to figure. You have to be a a problem solver, and yeah. you have to bring solutions. So when we 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 got this deal on contract like two months before close, we had decided. Okay, did we use hard money on that one? Yeah, we used. Uh, Was it Easy Street? Yeah. So we had we had a, a local hard money lender already lined up. We had the. Um, we already knew what we were supposed to bring to closing. We had the investor. Something happened with them. A week before, they they uh, decided to not do it. Now we had to find 25, I think it was. Yeah, 25 to 30. Yeah, to bring to closing. And so we had to get creative, and we, we, we found another investor. And so you just have – those are some things that you just have to do. It's part of the, it's part of the, uh, the nature of being a business owner and being in real estate. And so we, we got the deal done. The hard money lender closed in three days, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, they're um, amazing. They're quick. If you need a quick, quick close, a day, two days, and you don't have, uh, you know, solid cash, you can go to a hard money lender and they'll do it for you. Uh, banks typically take uh, 10 days to two weeks, you know, just depending. And, and, and a bank that does real estate investing loans takes 10 to two weeks. When you're talking yes, about like yes. a traditional loan. 30 days. 30 to 45 days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because the bank kind of operates, uh, they're operating like they have cash. So it, they do their appraisal and then uh, come back and say, hey, you're good to go. And they'll close in about, yeah, 10 days. Yeah. And so it's, that's essentially uh, a business line of credit or a line of credit that we use with them. It's this, um, it's not set in stone number. It's just something that we've been told either on the phone or via email. This is what we can lend up to. Here it is. Nothing official. Yeah. It is kind of very informal through the bank that we have. It's really based on relationship. So yeah. relationships, again, I feel like this whole, maybe we should change the title of this episode to yeah. relationships because yeah. it all comes down to relationships. And that's good. I mean, when I went to go, when I was introduced to this bank, I went up to, I had a meeting with the, the he's vice president at the time, and he is now um, the president. And um, oh, yeah. uh, now we're on like a, like I can just email him right away with a deal. I, I bypass everybody on the yeah, chain. Yeah, like that's that. how, and I'm, you know, me coming off the street and, you know, just, Hey, I want a loan. Um, <laughs> the first time that didn't work out that great, you know, then I built my track record. We continue to stay in contact and I would, you know, every now and then I'd get a deal. I'd pass to him, ask him for his opinion on it and, uh, you know, see what, if there's any possibility of working it. And then, it just kind of went from there, and now now um, uh, we have a great relationship. I love that. Relationships seriously are huge in this industry. I mean, especially if you're if you're in a small market. Like we're not going to even talk about DFW. If you're in a small market, you've got to build relationships with other wholesalers or investors or agents to really help you get to where you want to go. I mean, if you're going to reach out to an agent asking for comps all the time, if you're not an agent, like so, I'm an agent, so I can look at comps whenever I want. Christian sends me a deal, I run comps. We decide if we want it or not. If we didn't have that, we'd have to have, we would have to have a relationship with another agent. And we also have a network of wholesalers that we reach out to. If, if we get a lot of deals that we're not seeing, we reach out to a few investors that we know and say, hey, do you have anything? And we have that relationship with them that sometimes they'll even bring a deal to us first. Yeah, that's, that's important. Like one of the wholesalers we use, we bought two deals back to back this year. And after we did that, we became VIP. I don't know if I told you. Oh, you didn't? Yeah, we became VIP. So now, did like, we get a sticker, maybe a gold star. Uh, we in their little system they use, it says VIP. That's about it. Oh, yeah. okay. But um, I didn't uh, get anything in the mail. I'm kind of bummed. No, nah, I know. Okay. No jacket. Yeah. Sheesh. But uh, so I mean, they know that we can close. So that's important because when they have a deal and they don't want to waste time 
um, marketing it on Facebook and all the other places. Yeah, Facebook. Yeah, they'll hit up their list of, of closers and send it to them first. Like, hey, I got this deal. What do you guys think? And be, that, that will happen before they send it out and blast it out on social media. Yeah, and that's, that's how we get deals and we keep rolling. I mean, even with the pandemic, we've done just us as the, the three partners that we have now. We've done three and then me and Steve did. We closed, I think, two or three this year, too, plus the ones that you've got doing yeah. on your own. And, uh, yeah, COVID can't stop us. Seriously. Yeah. This is a year of thriving, not just surviving. That's this, something that we say at church, and I love it. This might be our best year, actually. It's been my best year. I th- Yeah, mine, too. So yep. it has been our yep. best year. I love it. Yep. That wraps up part one of our two-part series on six common questions about flipping houses. Wanted to take a quick second and tell you guys about our course, the Best Ever B&B course. You can go to besteverbnb.com. And right now we're offering $100 off on the course. So it's regularly $497. It'll be $397 with that $100 off. This course is designed to teach you how to launch a profitable Airbnb business from scratch, just like we have. So head on over to besteverbnb.com right now and enter the code FRIENDS100 to receive your $100 off. Thanks for listening. Uh, Be sure to rate and review, and we'll see you next week for part two. This episode of the Middle Class to Millionaires podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more tips and strategies on entrepreneurship, life, and business to help you create the life you've always dreamed of. Don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content on planet Earth.